Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. Today on the State of Ukraine, a meeting of experts on the front lines of Ukrainian cyber defense. I'm Greg Dixon. Though the cyber battlefield hasn't been a pivotal part of the conflict, cyber attacks in Ukraine continue. NPR's Jenna McLaughlin recently attended a meeting of cyber experts in western Ukraine, and she spoke with Juana Summers about it. This event was co-hosted by a Ukrainian government cybersecurity agency and a collection of IT companies that are based in Lviv. We actually weren't told the details of the physical location of the event until hours before. The venue was concrete, there were no windows in sight, but it honestly wasn't so different from hacker conferences that I've been to before. The speakers were brought to the stage with jaunty music, there were fancy decorations, and the goal of the event was similar too. It was to talk about practical lessons of cybersecurity and how those lessons might be applied to the future, to new regulation, to data sharing packs with foreign partners. They even discussed putting together a legal case to accuse Russian hackers who targeted critical infrastructure during the war of war crimes. You mentioned some legal challenges there. Do you have a sense of what those cases might look like? Yeah, the experts here tell me that there are ongoing efforts also in the U.S. and elsewhere in the world to gather forensic evidence of Russian cyber attacks that have hit critical infrastructure, like the power grid. I'm told there's already a huge case file of evidence, particularly against the Russian intelligence hacking group known as Sandworm. The Ukrainian cyber police, intelligence agencies, and the state security service, they're all working with the prosecutor general's office to start building this case, even before the war ends. We've really never seen an international criminal court consider a cyber attack case like this, so it would set a major precedent if they're successful. As I'm watching this from the outside, it seems that these daily missile strikes remain the true threat in this war rather than Russian cyber attacks. How did people at the cyber gathering that you attended put those two types of threats into perspective? Yeah, I think from outside Ukraine, there was this huge expectation before the war that Russia would launch these catastrophic cyber attacks that would shut off all the power and communications and that it would be crippling to the country. Russia did try to do a lot of those things with both digital and physical means like you mentioned. As I'm talking to people here, you know, they're really proud of their cyber defenses. But there's also very little appetite to give Russia any credit for their success in cyberspace. My sense from talking to people is that they're aware of the damage that Russia's caused. You know, one panelist said that a Ukrainian company lost $10 million in a cyber attack. There's a lot of data and systems that have been damaged for good. And there's ongoing attacks against media, healthcare providers, logistics, transportation, and of course, the power sector, like I mentioned. Okay, so I'm hearing you say that there's definitely still a threat there on the cyber front. What's the priority as the counteroffensive drags on and as Ukraine heads into fall and winter? Winter's on everyone's minds here. Experts are worried about ongoing physical and digital attacks on the power sector. Because honestly, it's really hard to run a power plant without connection. And it's even harder to keep it secure when you're trying to hook it up to a Starlink, for example. Those are the internet satellites that Elon Musk sent over at the beginning of the war. Even so, Ukraine has had a lot of practice defending against these kinds of threats last winter. And I'm even told that soldiers on the front line have gotten really strong with security. They're using simple things like two-factor authentication and other more 
more sophisticated techniques to prevent Russians from spying on them. Ultimately, my conclusion here is that this is really one of the first truly digital wars, for better or worse. I keep hearing that the cyber defense stories here in Ukraine could fill several books after the war, and that seems very likely. NPR cybersecurity correspondent Jenna McLaughlin in Kyiv. Jenna, thanks for your reporting. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The State of Ukraine from NPR News. Please come back for more on the war and its impacts around the world. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping... Your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.